Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to talk to Zachary Zane about Boy Slut. Welcome, Zach. Hello, welcome. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I So I want to start off with the cover. I love the cover. It's very Lolita-esque. And, uh, <laughs> with the lollipop, yes. <laughs> who came up with the cover and the title of the book? So the cover, actually, my friend, I had a boy slut party before the book, and my friend Chloe uh, did these lollipops and this bisexual colors. And at first I was, like, wasn't sure, but it's like, you know, a banana or eggplant, that's just kind of like too gay penis. And I wanted something that was still like slutty and playful um, that worked, you know, for all genders here, which is how we came up with the lollipop. And then the name boy slut has been kind of in the making for so long. So my writing mentor, Ken, who's my uncle and also who I dedicate the book to, I remember we're in like a diner in Portland, maybe like five years ago, four years ago. And we're trying to come up for a, a name for this book, mm-hmm. you know, and he writes, he's like, Zach, I got it. And then he writes it on the backside of a receipt and like passes it over to me as if, you know, he's a, a mafia member giving <laughs> you an offer you can't refuse here. And I, tr- I turn the receipt around and it reads boy slut. And I go, this is perfect. I think it is so fun. It is so playful. It's a little scandalous. You know, it's different than if I, if I did like man whore, that sounds like very aggressive. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, no, no, no. I, I think it's fun. It's playful. I think it kind of exposes the double standards when we call women slut versus men slut. And I like the idea of reclaiming this word as something that is fun and playful and something that should be a point of pride and not one that makes us feel shame. I totally agree. And I do think that typically in the past, slut's been more hurled at a, a woman or a girl. And I, it, it could be anybody. And I also like the fact that you take pride in the fact that this is who you are. This is where you've been. You tell a story. A friend of mine asked me earlier if I liked the book. And I said, I did like the book. And one of the things I found is it's very straightforward and non-threatening. So, you know, when you look first at the title, someone might say, oh, it's just a sex expose. And I don't find that to be the case at all. I think it's very sex positive. Yeah. But it's, it's not, it's not a scandalous, you know, romance tell-all. No, it's really not. And I think some people were a little bit confused when they read my digital zine, which I have on Substack, which is just like, so it's nonfiction. It's real mm-hmm. stuff that happened to me and the other writers. And it's these like raunchy, sexy escapades. And I think they were expecting more of that. And and then I'm like, no, like there, this book is still sexy, but really it is, you know, it's a memoir. It, it is a way it's sex positive. It's about how to overcome sexual shame. It's about to how to embrace your desires around sex, no matter what they may be. So it's not, you know, when I say boy slut, I don't mean it like I'm encouraging everyone to be taking anonymous loads in the sauna every single day of the week. If you want to, more power to you. That sounds amazing to me. But I want you to own your sexuality however that looks. If that means you're asexual and you really don't want to have sex with people or you're demisexual and you want to have an emotional attraction before you hop in bed together, 
or you want to be monogamous, polyamorous, monogamish, or, you know, sometimes there's kind of like condom shaming in the gay community mm -hmm. where you're one of the few people, not one of the few people, but like in New York City or LA, you know, like the norm on Grindr and Sniffies and Scrap is to not wear a condom. And if you are wearing a condom, the people are like, why are you doing this? We live in the era of prep, like you're HIV shaming. And the guys are like, no, no I just don't want to get gonorrhea and take antibiotics. Like totally reasonable. So no matter what your relationship is with sex, no matter how it will look, I want you uh, to embrace it. And that's kind of what it's about. But I, a part of me wonders, I love Boislet. It's catchy. It's the name of my digital zine. If perhaps, if perhaps it would have been better to be like, oh, this book is, you know, called Sexual Shamelessness, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> but I just do love, I do love the title. And I hope people recognize that, oh, there's, there's a lot of good in here beyond just like wild sexcapades. Well, and I and that was the wonderful thing about it. I I know your rep, and I know some of the things that he reps. So I already knew it would come with a a, a lot of substance. It wouldn't just be like a girly or a boyly boy magazine or whatever. It was going to be something serious. So, and that's one of the things I like about it. I mean, you do get into as I told you before we started recording. It's got a little bit of new age vibe to it in some ways. And I want mm -hmm. to talk a little bit about guilt and shame. Whether sure. it's our, just ourselves or what others may like to give us. Sure. So I, can, I differentiate be this between the book. So essentially, guilt is I did a bad thing versus shame is I did a bad, I, I am a bad person. Excuse me. So guilt can have, you know, it's like it's evolutionarily almost adaptive where it's like, okay, if you do something wrong and you should feel bad good, you kind of feel this bad feeling and that deters you from doing it again. But shame, this idea that, oh, if I did something bad, therefore I am a bad person. I am not worthy to be on this planet. I'm terrible. My whole existence is a mistake. That's when you start getting into a lot of trouble. And that's like, you are not a bad person, right? Right. You may have done a bad thing. You may have made mistakes, sure, but you yourself, sure. your existence is not bad. Um, and so I think it's really helpful to differentiate kind of your identity from certain actions or behaviors that you engage in. And I think when you're able to differentiate between the two, you're kind of better able to address them and to really recognize like, okay, so I shouldn't be feeling shame for my sexual desires. I actually shouldn't be feeling guilt for my sexual, mm -hmm. sexual desires either, as long as you're doing so consensually and safely. Um, so yeah, I really do make this distinction to be like, shame is never good under any situation. Mm -hmm. Guilt can be okay as long as it does not become crippling and actually helps to deter negative behavior. And one of the things that I like about the sex positivity in Boy Slut is the fact that we as human beings own our own emotions. And we do have to be careful in this life what we allow other people to heap on us. You know, if some people meet one person, they may, they stay together for their entire lives. Some people have multiple partners. Some people have multiple spouses. Some people have both men and women and not allowing someone else's ideas to make us feel guilt or shame. Those should be what we determine in our own lives. And I do appreciate that in the book because that is important. It's a distinction that I think a lot of people sadly miss in life. Yeah, it's this idea, like, I like this book as almost being like a choose your own adventure, where it's like, again, no matter what type of relationship or sex that you want, 
like you can have it and and to really try to unlearn these harmful entrenched messages from society or this you know, I, I think the word gets kind of overused, but still I'm going to use again, like this heteronormativity and this mm-hmm. idea that like, there's just, and when I think of hetero, heteronormativity, I think of it as like, there's only one way to do something. Right. That is what heteronormativity is telling me. And of course it's the straight way, quote unquote, to do something. And there are queer ways to do anything. But just like, if this book teaches us anything, I hope it's that people realize how many options they have to be themselves and how... And one thing I really point out is like, no matter how alone or different you feel, you're actually not special. And this is one of the <laughs> most beautiful things I learned about myself. You know, I-, I thought I was the only bi guy in the world for so long because there was a dearth of bisexual visibility. Every bi guy in college shortly after came out as gay. So like, I didn't know a single bi person. And while I was egocentric, you know, I wasn't delusional. I didn't think like I'm the only bi guy in the human race. But then all of a sudden, when I had a therapist who really embraced me being bisexual and I started talking about it, I'm like, oh my God, there are gajillions of bi guys. We're, we're fucking everywhere. We're all <laughs> over the place. And I'm like, okay, so we're all over the place, um, but no one's writing about it. No one's talking about it, which means like, oh, I really need to share my story because my story, my story has not been told yet. Um, and I think a lot of people can resonate and listen to it and learn from it. And so... Yeah, I think this revelation where it's like, oh, you're actually, you don't need to feel so alone and so isolated because you're not actually as unique in this sense, right? In this way is actually a beautiful thing that can then help you learn to reach out and start building community and creating a community, which of course, I I think is a lot of the end game for many of us, right? To really feel supported and loved by people who accept and embrace us. And I think that's one of the best tools we have in our kids to help overcome feelings of shame and loneliness and isolation. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it is important to point out, I'm sure other interviewers have pointed out the exact same thing, but you talk very candidly about being bisexual and it is something that is important. And I do agree. I don't think it's a story that we hear nearly enough. Um, I did I do want to sort of point out one thing because I like to knock somebody on the head occasionally is you had a please you had a therapist who basically said that their bisexuality didn't exist in men. They were just going to come out eventually. And I found that to be so sad. And I found that to be something that I think I've thought in my past because of my not understanding bisexuality. Uh, I think that it is something that sadly a lot of people still feel. And yet, I now know and I celebrate the fact that there are bisexual men, they're bisexual women, um, and it's a thing to be celebrated. And you found a therapist who did help you celebrate that. And that's important because sometimes if your therapist isn't working, you need to find a new one. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Originally, I had this psychiatrist when I was 16 who... When I said I might be gay, he's like, do you like women? I'm like, I know I like women. I'm like, well, could I be bi? And he goes, oh, that doesn't exist in men. No, just dismissed it, threw it out. That was the end of that conversation. And before I even had time to process, we were, off, we were on to the next question. Um, and then I was very lucky then to have this LGBT affirming, ther- affirming therapist after college who almost the exact opposite happened where... I remember my first session, I had this like huge monologue being like, I think I'm gay and then I think I'm straight and then I like women, I like guys and he couldn't get a word in edgewise. In the second session, I start um, 
kind of on the same monologue, the same soliloquy here. And he interrupts me and he goes, Zach, you know, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you, you know, when seeking me out as a therapist, you said you really wanted the therapist was blunt. So I'd like to be blunt right now. I said, please go ahead. And he goes, you know, when we actually use the word confused in a sexual orientation way, it actually means something specific, which I did not realize. Um, you, you don't seem confused to me. You, you seem very clearly bisexual. Uh, is there something I'm missing? And I think I responded like very, I snapped. I was like, oh, that shit doesn't exist in men. And he <laughs> responded, and he responded, Zach, you're too smart to think that. Which oh. was such a good way to kind of like almost like a little ego hit to yes. like a, a, little, a little jab in the side here, being like, of course it would exist in men. But why would it not? And you're a smart dude. In what world would it be like, oh, bisexual women exist, but my bi men don't? In this world where like you like one but not the other, but not both, like 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 it, it, like conceptually, right? Bisexual, like not believing in bisexuality, it makes no sense, right? You're like. If anything, you'd be like, oh, my God, it makes perfect sense. It, of course, like, you'd be like, oh, there's this and there's this. And some people like one and some people like the other and some people like both. But it, so, like, all of a sudden he said that. I remember, like, having this moment of being like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> but even after that, I still have this internalized homophobia. And I still mm -hmm. have this internalized biphobia where at the time, I initially thought I was like heteroromantic versus bi-sexual. And essentially what that means is I could sleep with anyone of any gender, you know, men, women, trans, non-binary people, but I could only uh, like love and date and marry a woman it, it is what the, I initially thought I was. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, for, like, while that is a valid kind of orientation to have and to each their own, for me, that was just internalized homophobia, right? And once I kind of gave myself permission and allowed myself to fall in love with a man, I was like, no, I'm bisexual, no hyphen, no dash, no nothing, just in every single sense of the word. I'm romantically attracted to all genders. I am emotionally attracted to all genders. I'm sexually attracted to all genders. I want to fuck and love everyone. And, but it was a, obviously a journey to get there. And this journey is written about rather explicitly <laughs> in this book. It is wonderful. It is wonderful. It is, it is sexual affirmative. It is gender affirmative. It is life affirmative. It is, it is just wonderful. Do you have social media or a website you'd like to share? Sure, absolutely. So my website is ZacharyZane.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Zachary Zane underscore. I'm more on Instagram than I am on Twitter for my mental health trying to get off Twitter. So Instagram's <laughs> probably better. Zachary Zane underscore. Um, and I also have the digital zine called Boy Slut. If you go on Substack or Google Substack Boy Slut or just Boy Slut, it'll show up. And that actually has the raunchy, the raunchy sex stories. So that that is mm. the clutching your pearls types of stories. Uh, I guess I'm. I guess I'm gonna be late for work today. <laughs> it is. Oh my god, people love to tell me. Like I send it out at noon on Mondays usually, and the number of people are like, "Jesus, I'm like hard at work right now. I jacked off in the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm actually disrupting people's work days, and I take that as a point of pride. I mean, I, my writing is good and compelling and titillating enough. Yes, and I'm jealous. So I think that's fantastic. Thank I'll be subscribing you. in a little while. Yes, please do. <laughs> Thank um, you so much, Zane, for Zach, for joining me again. The book is Boy Slut. It is absolutely excellent. 
Thank yes. you again for joining me. Thank you so much, Dan. This was a lot of fun. Lovely. Hang on for me just a second. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.